Running with Jake, the podcast, because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show. This is another episode of Running with Jake, the podcast. Is it a spooky special or are we a little bit late for that? We're a bit late for that, aren't we? We're recording this. It's November the 1st. Maybe, are we, we're kind of, is it, is it a fireworks special? Is it a bonfire special? Or is it just another show? Just another episode? I don't know. Is it? I don't is know. It? Is it a pre-Christmas special? It could be a pre-Christmas special, couldn't it, I suppose? Oh, you've just thrown that in there, into the or, mix. Or it could perhaps be a pre-pre-summer sale. Which we could do as well. I don't, I don't know. Should we just be in the now, man? Let's just be in the now. And can you... <laughs> we're hooked up and we can see each other. Mm. Uh, and uh, Could you please take the pumpkin off your face? Oh, yeah. Please? Okay, scary pumpkin. Hang on. Okay. I mean, um, where, where's the... Oh, I, I don't... Effects. Oh. There we go. Let's... Um... Like just a, get rid of that oh, one stop How's it that? Now. How's that? It's like a town council meeting over Zoom. Stop it. <laughs> take sorry, take the tiger. Sorry. Is that a tiger? <laughs> I, look, we're back. We're normal. I, I am in a bit of a strange mood today. I don't know what's going on. I feel a little bit out of sorts. That happens periodically when we record this show. It's just a ball of chaos, a ball of motivation. We're going to get you fired up today, that's for sure. None of this, oh, we put the clocks back, I'm, I'm, oh, it's dark nights, and oh, I'm losing my motivation, and oh, no, no, no. We're going to get you firing on all cylinders. All cylinders. I've actually got my work cut out at the moment, anyway, at home. Uh, it's not just our wonderful podcast listeners, our beautiful podcast listeners that we're firing up, Pete. We, we've we've both got our work cut out. I include you in this because my girlfriend, Martina, is injured at the moment. When, when, when did this happen? Because you did a run at the weekend, didn't you? Mm. Did, is that, yeah. Oh, she didn't do it, did she? No, no, of no. Course. We didn't do a run at the weekend. I did. Do a run at the weekend. This was great, actually. This was the New Forest 10-mile race. I love... I love 10-mile races, actually. I don't know if anybody listening can relate to this. If The 10-mile is becoming more popular as a distance, I feel. Like, it, you know, the classic... 10k obviously got the park run 5k but then you've got like the classic 10k races i think that's still the most popular distance to race uh, half marathon marathons then you've got the the, the kind of pre-marathon build-up races like the 20 milers but 10 miles are really becoming quite a thing and i think it's such a good distance because if you are like a i was going to say a proper endurance runner but you know what i mean by that a lot of people do say oh i don't like things like 5k's because they're just too fast i haven't got time to get into it and settle in well if you like your long distances 10 miles great because it's just obviously it's over quicker than a half marathon stating the obvious there but there's still an element of endurance you've still got time to get into it it was just wicked i loved it but the idea was to do the new forest 10 mile as part of preparation for the valencia marathon which hopefully, fingers crossed, we, as in myself and Martina, are doing in December, December the 4th, I think. So we've got like, as we record this, what is it, November the 1st, I mentioned. So we are five weeks, I think we've got now, just under five weeks. So this is a good time, actually, to start to think about putting in some events, some kind of little races. I'm, I'm careful to use the word race. Because we do talk about this a little bit on the show. You know, you've got to be a bit careful. I mean, you know that, Pete, as the non-running guy producer of the show. You do know that actually when it comes to focusing on a main event, whether that's a marathon or whatever you're doing, you've got to be a little bit careful how you use races as part of training, as part of the build-up. Because it's easy to overcook it, I think. You know, just like sign up for everything. And then, of course, race everything. So a bit mindful of that. But the idea on Sunday was to was to work hard. You know, the idea was to treat it like a, a race. I, I did three miles as a no I did two miles of warm up so it was a 10 mile race 
two mile warm up and then three miles afterwards. So it, it banked me 50 miles for the day, bearing in mind it's a marathon I'm training for, uh, which was good. So healthy mileage and 10 miles kind of, you know, strong, good effort in the middle. So it's pretty awesome. But yeah, Martina's not doing it because she's got a bit of a, a calf issue going on at the moment, lower leg issue. She's not totally sure what's going on. What's the deal with the injury then? Because you did mention it, you alluded to it, and you've mentioned it previously to me. But what's what's going on with it? How did it happen? And, and what are the chances of her running in December when you're hoping to run together in Valencia? Well, we're still hopeful that it's going to happen. Like I would say to any any runners that I coach uh, you know five weeks out if training's been going well I mean she's she's a fit girl she's got the fitness in in the body uh, then depending on how long she has to have out from running will determine kind of how we manage those expectations and I've already I've already started to sow that seed with Martina you know like look it doesn't mean you know because naturally you go initially it's that knee jerk oh god I can't believe it oh you know oh bear with a sore head and completely understandable you know completely understandable how many people are listening to this now that are either injured or have been injured or will be injured unfortunately in the future not to curse it so it is something that runners are aware of and it's how we kind of manage that situation so for Martina there wasn't something that was obvious it was just oh I'm starting to feel this a little bit oh this is a bit odd you know that kind of thing so we just like I do with my runners just monitored it right what's going on bit of lower leg discomfort let's see how we are we do quite of our quite a few of our sessions together so I was checking in with her during runs she wasn't changing how she was running you know the physical action which is a bit of a telltale yeah. sign mm. so you know for anyone listening to this that has got a race coming up the training and they're starting to feel something a little bit you know I don't think it means you just suddenly slam the brakes on and don't train because if I think about it most of the runs I do I feel something but it's how constant that is how frequently you feel it and obviously the severity of it because you're asking you know you're putting demands on the body in training so you're going to feel some discomfort but it's understanding what's acceptable and what isn't you know is it just fatigue and tiredness and muscle soreness from all the training or is it actually the early signs of a, a bit of a niggle and I think a good sort of thing to have in mind is am I changing how I'm running because your body will always find a way around the problem right I mean we've spoken over the years to many experts in the field of biomechanics and physiotherapy and whatnot, mm. you know, and they will say that, look, actually, if you've got a bit of an issue, your body's very clever. It will find a way around the problem. The classic uh, example to give you is, is is a limp. I don't think people choose to limp. You just naturally limp because you want to move forward. You can't move forward normally. I'm talking just walking here. So therefore, your body develops a, a bit of a limp to, to work around the problem. But that can lead to other issues. So you've got to yeah, be a little yeah, bit careful, absolutely. you know, with that. And I, and I said to Martina, look, think long term. Think long term term because the last thing you want is to just keep pushing just keep going and then you manage somehow magically to hold yourself together you you know scrape your body across the line in Valencia which is a marathon in December we're doing and then you end up like properly injured seriously injured where you're out for a long time or worse you keep having these periods of being out it becomes this thing that plagues you you know and just really scuppers your running so no, nobody wants that do they uh and Nobody I suppose you've that. got some really big events or, you know, really fun events planned for next year as well. So the worst thing Marty, Marty can do or, you know, anybody can do is you can knack yourself up in Valencia and then put yourself out for a period of time, which means that you can't, you know, 
go to Chicago, for example, which you're you're going to do together as a couple. Um, and um, well, I mean, she can go to Chicago, but just eat pizza and not run, which I think <laughs> would probably drive her slightly insane. But yeah, I think just that consideration around what's happening now in order to preserve the future. Yeah, somehow I think her expectations, talking of managing those, where pizza's concerned in Chicago, I don't think it's going to be similar to, like, a pizza in Naples. I, I just have this feeling, I think Martina is concerned there'll be one or two extra pieces of pineapple on the pizza in Chicago, so I'm sure she'd rather yeah. run it with me, to be honest. I think. I mean, I've heard it's more like a pie than a pizza. I don't know. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> a calzone. So, I, so look, I, I always try to be pragmatic where possible. It's, it's difficult as a coach because naturally, and I'm sort of wired this way, you want to be a problem fixer. I left one of my guys a message this morning, actually, uh, a voice message, one of the runners I coach on this subject. You want to fix a problem. Right, we've got an issue, whatever it is, how are we going to get around that? Might not be injury, might be something else. But you have to be a little bit patient. I have to remind myself of this because there's naturally a, a bit of a grieving period, uh, especially if you know it's a proper injury and it's hindering training or worse still, you can't race. So you've got to allow that kind of I suppose that period of being a bit grumpy, do you know what I mean? Well, anything in life, you know, it's okay. You you can't be be dealt an issue or a problem and suddenly be, right, pragmatic. You know, some people might be able to, but I think for most, we just need to process, right, what is that, what's the impact there? You know, I'm feeling a bit bummed out about that. Okay, right, let me just give myself some space and time to deal with it, process it. Right, now I'm going to be pragmatic. Let's put a plan in place. So I try to facilitate that where possible with my runners and obviously with Martina and I try to do the same with myself as well so I said look let's look ahead to the future here because at the moment all you can think about is Valencia which is understandable so anybody that's got a bit of a niggle thinking of a race they're like oh that's all I can think about that race that race am I going to be doing New York this weekend for example well you don't want to retire you don't want to hang your shoes up after the race so let's think long term let's get you excited about that so yeah you're right Chicago Marathon she's in that she's qualified we both have so that's cool there's also Manchester next year which we've signed up for in April so we're in Manchester a lot of my runners are doing it so but it's it's tricky because Martina's actually qualified for a championship start in London so when she ran Manchester this year she ran a time that means that not only does she qualify as in good for age, so she's guaranteed a place in London, but she qualifies for the championship start. So she starts kind of behind the the elite field, as it were, not with the elite field, but she kind of starts like in a really strong position. And it's like a really unique opportunity. So we said, look, you're really going to want to do that. Like you've been, you've been given this opportunity or you've achieved this opportunity, go for it. You know, so we've got to think about how the land lies. And I say this to everybody, you know, listening now, look, start to cast an eye to 2023. Some of you might be targeting Valencia, like like myself in December. You might have other races, marathons, halves, 10Ks, whatever. But we are starting to kind of wrap things up a little bit for most of us where races are concerned. You know, we're coming to the back end of the year, back end of the season, probably starting to look to 2023. And I think it's really important that we look at it with logic you know, look at your race diary, your calendar. Do, do they all? Do the races fit? Like, is it possible? Or do you need to start to think about kind of deferrals and stuff now? No, I don't mean because you're injured. I just mean because you're being smart. and Maybe you've got some lofty goals, aspirations next year. Well, you, you know, you're probably not going to achieve a PB in every single race that you do next year. So how do you map that out? You know, a bit of discipline and, and, and not being a passenger I think can help. So don't kind of leave things until the last minute and 
you know, see what happens. And then, oh, I'm in this race, I'll just race it. And, you know, let's look at it now. Get a bit logical with it. And I think it excites you as well, Pete. You know, you ask about that, like looking to the future. I think with Martina, and I have to say, I'm very proud with how she's dealt with things because she's very driven. And I always say that there's a, there's a cost to being very driven, do you know what I mean? In any sure, area yeah, of yeah. life. Absolutely, Because yeah. you can be so focused, so driven. Where running's concerned, obviously you can push too much and end up injured. So I'm impressed with how she's backed off. We've shifted the focus as well. So not only have we looked to next year, I've also said, right, let's... What can you do now? Because exercise makes you feel good. So forget the form of running, the activity of running. It's just a vehicle to get yourself feeling better, right? So how can we still achieve that goal but not use running? So she's got a fantastic background in swimming. She was a swimmer before she met me and started running and whatnot. So I said, look, you, you've got something that a lot of people haven't. I haven't got that skill. I can't suddenly just get my ass in the water and like smash out sessions like she can. So use that. So she got in the pool yesterday, really enjoyed it. So she's, she's getting the same feelings and benefits, but just in different ways. I think that's massively important. Yeah, it really is. And I, I, um, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, I'm just impressed by people who are completely driven. And, um, you know, as the non-running guy, I see Marty's potential issue. If I had Marty's potential issue, and if I was Marty and I'm not, I'm a completely different person, obviously, um, but I just see it as um, I see it as an opportunity. I try and see everything as an opportunity. Um, so what I've done with that in mind is I've had a quick look at Valencia. So I'd be if I personally, if I was Marty right now, I'd go, no, let's bin off Valencia. Let's not worry about that. Let's just go for a holiday. Uh, we'll watch Jake go on the marathon thing, and then I'm going on an excursion in a cave. You can do that for fifty six <laughs> quid. Um, there's also a wine tour and tapas in an 11th century historic monument for another for 56 pounds as well. Why is everything 56 pounds in Valencia? Oh, hang on, no, the hop on hop off tour is 16 pounds. Or you could go to you could go on an excursion to the Alba to the Al, Al, to a natural park. Yeah, but she can't. She can't. There's only a little problem there. A little problem. Little mm. little stumbling block. She can't okay. hop. She's got a calf issue. So this oh, hop no. on, hop off thing. <laughs> she could probably hop on, but not off. I think there's going to be a bit more on impact hopping off. So okay. she could go one way, but not both ways. But right. she can work it out. She's a big girl. She'll be fine. She can She'll work it out. Absolutely. Yeah. But all is not lost, you know, mm. because there's a lot of stuff to do in Valencia. Um, one other thing that you did mention that I'd like to touch on, actually, and this is this is right back to what you were talking about at the weekend that you did the New Forest um, 10, uh, 10 miler. And, and yeah. you did say that you did two miles warm up before you did the 10 mile and then you took a three mile sort of like chill out at the end. So two mile uh, warm up. 10 mile race which was the event and then three miles afterwards to make up your 15 and make it a nice training run for uh, your marathon that you're that you're that you're training for what does that look like that two mile warm-up because you know within the structure of a race like a start and a stop point how do you how do you work that out how do you time it how do you do everything to make that two miles so that you're still warm when you're starting your 10 miles just if you see what i mean and, and yeah, I see exactly what you mean. It isn't easy is the first thing to say on that because sometimes you don't really know. If it's a race you've never done before, which was the case for me on Sunday, I mean, I'd never been to that area and or any of it, so I had no idea how it was going to go. You don't know what the logistics are like because you can have all best intentions. Right, I'm going to do this warm-up, I'm going to do this, and I, and I you know, help my runners with warm-ups for various races that they do. But often the feedback that they'll give me then might be... 
actually, you know, I had this best intention, but it didn't quite work out for me because I always, when I'm guiding people and I'm sort of plan people's warm-ups and stuff, I always say, look, it is it, a warm-up is important, especially if you want to work hard, but it's not as important as getting to the starting line on time. <laughs> so that is, well, I had a great warm-up, but actually yeah. I missed the start of the race. <laughs> that's yeah. not, that's not Nightmare. great, is it? Nightmare. So you've got to time it quite well. You don't want to cool down. So if, if you're going to race the race, you know, as in, run it which is what i did on on um on sunday you know work hard you want to make sure that the warm-up gets the body warm so you don't want to work too hard you're asking how it looks you, you're just jogging really just to especially i mean i drove what an hour there 45 minutes something like that so i'm, I'm not the body's nice and cool in the car and then once you get out you want to warm your muscles up so it's just a jog literally a jog uh, and i just did that for sort of i think it's about 15 minutes um, and then after f- 15 minutes, I just stopped and I did a few little running drills. Nothing major, but just just to help prime the movement pattern of running, if you like. So certain little exercises and little drills that really help to, to get you properly warm and ready for the action of running. And then I did a few little what you call strides or, or pickups where you just little bursts of speed, not super stressful, but enough to get you properly warm. So there's like different components to a a really good warm-up I would say and it does depend a little bit on the race distance but that hopefully gives people a bit of an idea of how I would kind of structure a warm-up in terms of logistics you don't want to and timing you don't want to cool down after the warm-up so if like if you warm up too early then you're just going to cool down and you're going to lose the benefits of the warm-up before you start the race sure if you warm up and you push it too late and you push your luck a bit, you could miss the start of the race. You could be two or miles away from the start of the race. You if could be two, two miles, miles away. And, and that, that's, that's a good point because if anybody, if you if you go on Strava, <laughs> have a look at the race, the New Forest 10 miler that I did on Sunday. The warmer wasn't so bad, but the three miles afterwards, which I'll come on to, I had to just run around fields because, of course, the race had started. So there was only certain places that I could run and some bits were fenced off and I didn't know the area. And if I couldn't go back out onto the main road because it was like a proper main road, as in no pavements or anything, you know, unsafe to run. So I just ended up doing, I don't even know if it was public, to be honest, where where, if it was your field and you listen to this, by the way, I do (laughs) apologise. I just did loops of this field and just, I mean, the the map looks very random on Strava, but sometimes you just got to do what you can to bank the mileage. But one thing I would say on this, the last thing to mention on this whole warm up and cool down thing, particularly if you want to use a race as part of training for a a, a more important race, let's say, I was going to say bigger race, but a more important race to you. So if you want to use it as a training session, and let's say in my case, the race was 10 miles and that's not really enough for a marathon. I want to train a bit and do a bit more, like 15 miles. I don't want to break up those miles too much. So, you know, we're talking about timing again. After the race, I kind of want to crack on with those extra three miles. Otherwise, it almost becomes a separate run. Mm. Like a, it's a different run. It's not a 15 mile run. I've done a two mile run. I've done a 10 mile run. Then I've done a three mile run. Of course, there's benefits there, but you kind of want it to be fairly continuous so where possible. I, I guess it's through the finish line very quickly. Um, what? Grab the medal, <laughs> and then off you go <laughs> back into that I'd, back into that poor guy's field. I just or went straight for a banana. It was. I went straight for a banana. Actually, that was my that was my focus. <laughs> like, give me the goddamn banana. <laughs> give me a banana. <laughs> Hands up. Give me all your bananas. <laughs> but I tell you what, I did on Sunday actually, which was interesting. And this is only the second time I've done this, and it's massively liberating. Mm. So I'm having a few conversations with some of my runners at the moment, actually, who are all over this, and they love this. 
Um, and it's what you would refer to, I guess, as naked runs. So okay. if you're not familiar with a naked run, it's not that, Pete. So get that out of your head. What a horrible image. <laughs> I'm sorry. For, just... a, for a Tuesday morning. That's <laughs> I... not the image. I've got a very visual mind and all I could see was you running around a farmer's field with that little thing. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> was this in there? I can't get it. I can't get rid of it now. <laughs> that is not the case at all. Goodness, a naked run okay. is where you completely either ignore the watch or you run with it out the watch. Now, can't look, we just we, call we it? Can... Can't we just call it from now on between the two of us? Can't we call it a run without a watch? Could we do that? I we could. Watchless <laughs> run. Do that. Should we call it a watchless let's, run? Let's ignore this bit. Start again. Start recording this bit again, and just call it a, a run without a watch. Because <laughs> you've ruined <laughs> so on my Sunday, mind. Sunday. I ran without a watch. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Got we'll it? That on in. board? Good man. <laughs> and it's just so liberating because... <laughs> hold that thought. <laughs> it's very liberating because you're not reliant on the watch and the, the tech and the numbers and the pace and all that stuff. You know, Sunday again, good point, uh, good example to give, rather, because it was, it was a trail run. Now, while the terrain was pretty tame, so it wasn't, you know, mountainous, I'm in the New Forest, it was all... Uh, kind of gravel paths and stuff like that. Um, it wasn't the fastest terrain in the world, and it was a little bit, I say undulating, it wasn't hilly in any way, but it wasn't absolutely pancake flat, and it was windy as well. That's probably the biggest thing. It's quite open there. There were stretches that were very open. It was very windy. So you can't account for all that stuff. And we even had to stop, actually, a, a couple of times in the race to let the horses cross. I don't know if you've been to the New Forest. It is just a beautiful place. There's so many horses everywhere, and we literally had to just... They were just galloping straight across the road, and we just had to stop and wait for them. Now, you Blimey. can't preempt that. You can't think, well, I'm probably... That's probably going to happen on Sunday in that race, so therefore I need to manage that in terms of my expectations of pace. Whereas because the watch didn't matter, I was recording it, and heart rate, I just ignored it. I just ran purely on feel, and it was massively liberating. Were well, you not tempted be- to commandeer a horse and I ride think, it ba- well, bareback to wherever you be happen honest, to be going? <laughs> I have been known to jump on a bus before midway through a race, so yeah, yeah. I'll take a horse. Good I'm, point, I'm yeah. Totally I mean, cool obviously, whilst, whilst um, mounting the horse bareback, um, you've <laughs> just to clarify, you've only got, you've only not got a watch on. You've still got your clothes on, <laughs> just so that we're clear. <laughs> Look, if it gets me back to the race village quicker, I'm all over that. I don't mind. I'll take any technique, even if it's one from you. Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation, out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. Listen, enough of this naked nonsense. <laughs> On the subject of Martina and her niggle and injury and what's happening in Valencia and all that, you know, picking back up on that, something I, I want to mention, actually. We, we had an interesting conversation at the weekend about this. Martina, in some respects, is in a very good position, and in some respects, she's not in a good position. So she's in a good position because she has learnt a lot about running. Sure. So as you can imagine, it's like coaching on tap 24 mm. hours a day. Mm. You know, like we live together, so we just, we almost plan tomorrow's session based on today. It's that kind of level of adjustment and change. Sure. Now, I'm not saying I know everything as a coach. Of course I don't. Who does know everything? None of us are always learning. But she's definitely had help and she's logical with how she applies things to her training we've done a lot of training together so the point is touch wood she's not had that much time out of running through injury Mm -hmm. she's had some bits here and there especially in the early days which you expect when you are turning to a new sport and finding your tolerance levels what you're capable of learning how to run well all those things 
But generally speaking, she's just been running. Now, that's a positive, right? That's great. You know, of course. That's yeah, amazing yeah. to not yeah, have many injuries. But the problem is, the flip side, because I often believe there are flip sides to good things, when she does have something like this, which at the moment is only a niggle, it's not a huge drama at this stage and hopefully won't become that, but it's like the world's ended. It's She's not used to it because she's always been running. Whereas if I take myself, for example... And she said to me, she said, you, if you have an injury, Jake, or niggle or something, you tend to deal with things quite well. Like, you shift the focus quite quickly and all those things. And I said, I was probably, I mean, look, I do get a bear with a sore head, of course, but I managed to get out of that hole. I mean, you know me. You've known me a long time, Pete, and I'm sure you would agree with that. I managed to get myself out of the hole quite quickly, whatever hole that is. Doesn't mean I don't visit the hole, but, I, you know, I managed to get myself out of it quickly. And I think that's down to probably a lot of what I've done over my life in terms of jobs and stuff. So per, being, being a personal trainer for years and stuff like that, helping other people with training and fitness and goals, and now obviously a running coach. But also I've had my fair share of injuries over the years and I've learned and I've had, you know, it's like you get used to it almost. Does that make sense? Not, not that I don't care if I get a niggle, but it, yeah, I mean, the course, last yeah. major thing yeah. I had was when I broke my ankle. Mm. which, you know, we spoke about this on the show. That was, was a couple of years ago, I think. And, it you know, it was difficult, but I dealt with it pretty quickly. And that was an ankle break, and I was out for seven weeks, maybe longer, actually, eight mm. or nine weeks, something like that. Sure. But because I've had so many times before, I mean, my, the longest stretch I've had out is five months. I remember that. Five months with a, a bit of a hip issue. Five months, you know, you just think you're never going to run again. Yeah, yeah. So I do think that Martina is in a very kind of fortunate position uh, but it does mean that when she does get injured it can it can have an impact that perhaps it wouldn't if she was a little bit more used to it of course not wishing injury on her or anybody else listening to this that is fortunate enough to not pick up too many niggles and injuries throughout training yeah it's like anything though isn't it i suppose you know you learn through experience don't you and the the thing that experience teaches you unless something bloody awful happens and the thing that experience teaches you is that, yeah, you'll be all right. You'll bounce back at some point. And, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it's very fortunate to not have been injured and to have that um, amount of, I guess, like micromanagement on tap from a professional running person who she happens to live with. So it's probably the only reason she's still with you, mate, to be fair. <laughs> I think you could be right. Although I have to say, we don't we don't refer to it as micromanagement. That's okay. not how... I don't... <laughs> Suppose you don't, don't do that within that a relationship, term. do you? It doesn't sound that no. positive. <laughs> Just to be crystal clear, I don't actually run naked and I don't micromanage my girlfriend. Okay. I would hate for people to get the wrong impression of me. Because mm. in my mind, you're running next to her, micromanaging her. <laughs> and if you edit that out of this episode, we're over. I'm deleting <laughs> your number immediately. <laughs> Make no mistake about that. You talk about toughness mm. and that, mental resilience and grit how important is that so when you do get a bit of an injury it does help you to develop or setback you know it goes beyond running doesn't it just a setback in life if you respond to it well and deal with it and you go through all these different elements of the process that we're talking about grumpy bear you know getting pragmatic shifting the focus managing expectations using it to be more determined to make the comeback to achieve your dreams and goals then it's actually not a situation or uh, an experience that is wasted. It's been highly valuable. I mentioned, uh, I referred to Josephine Perry, who was on the show, sports psychologist, and she talks about 
sessions of adversity. I use this phrase a lot because it's something in her book that really leapt out for me. Mm. And sessions of adversity just strengthen you so much and you can consciously make those things happen as well. You can put yourself in situations where you're up against it. You're still safe. That's important to know. You're safe. But actually, you're, you know, you're, you're up against it here. That could be that it's seriously windy outside. Windy but not unsafe and it's not your preferred choice. You're not really loving it. You've got a tough, challenging session on your training plan. You're thinking, well, I'm never going to hit these paces that Jake set me or my coaches set me or that's on the plan or whatever. But you think, no, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to get some toughness here. I'm going to adjust my expectations a little bit. Maybe run naked. Don't worry too much about the watch. Go on feel and effort. But because you feel up against it, that is going to help you when it comes to your main goal, your main race, you know. And that's something, if you listen to the show a lot, you'll know that I've been working on and still continue to do so, actually, over the past several months and even longer, which is that ability just to knuckle down and, and get some get some toughness when when the going does get tough um, and I'm talking in, in races here and it's very relevant at the moment because if we look at put, we put the clocks back on Sunday uh, and dark nights you know, weather not as good they're talking about serious storms over in the UK which is where we are and not the most appealing weather to go and run in for most people but hey as long as you're safe is that a session of adversity if you decide to jump on the treadmill and you've got a tough run, let's say it's a long run or a medium long run, as I have to do later today, and because of the weather, I'm probably going to jump on the treadmill because of the nature of the session, but, you know, that's a long run on a treadmill. Oh, my God, I'm going to get bored, and that's going to be a nightmare. And that, Yeah, but hang on a second. This is really helping you to develop some resilience here. So you can put yourself in those situations. I do think it's a good time now, definitely, mm. because you're coming to these less inspiring times. You see, do you know I mean, what I mean? You say it's, it's really boring on the treadmill, and I do hear you, and I do under, understand why you think that. But at the end of the day, you get to watch um, Homes Under the Hammer with the subtitles on, and and you know <laughs> it back to back on some satellite channel, and you can't beat that. That's not boring, mate. That's not boring. That's education and entertainment. Yeah, not if you not if you run on the treadmill in my gym, mate. The, there's no signal. It's just like white noise. So oh, it's just shame. proper scrambled. Yeah, that's it. That's that's an added challenge for, ah, to, for right. de developing mental resilience. And some of the treadmills are just facing the wall, so it's just like looking looking at a a white wall. Mm. Um, but it's not like looking at a white wall. It actually is <laughs> like. It actually is looking at a white wall. It's not the best, to be honest, but it does help develop some toughness. Yeah. Interesting you mentioned that about treadmills and, I guess, home, homes under the hammer. I can't even speak today. <laughs> homes under the hammer. <laughs> homes under the hammer. Because boredom, and we often speak about this, Martino and I, boredom is just a, just a state of mind, isn't it? Just where you are in your own mind. It's not a physical thing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because I can be on the treadmill one day and absolutely hate it. I can't wait for this to be over. Mm. But another day I can do exactly the same session on the same treadmill, but yet my tolerance level is completely different and I'm in a different place in my mind and I'm quite accepting of it, mm. almost quite enjoy it. And the same can be said for running outside. I mean, if I think about... Saturday, Saturday's run, again, you'll see this on the notes if you follow me on Strava, on on the Saturday, literally just gone, mm. I think I did five miles or something like that, 
it was just a, like a recovery run, easy jog, like genuinely easy uh, because of the race on Sunday. It was awful. I mean, it was over much quicker than driving to the New Forest doing 50 miles on the Sunday and da 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 uh, it was just awful. Uh, it just felt hard. No matter mm. how fast I ran or slow, it just felt hard and uncomfortable. And I, and therefore, I was just bored. I was just willing it to be over. I was just ready for it to be over. But yeah, the following day, you find you're in a race environment. Okay, it's a different situation, different stimulus, all that stuff. But I could go this coming Saturday and do the same route that I did last Saturday at the same pace and it could be totally different in the same conditions, weather conditions. So it's all state of mind. Not so easy to shift that your mindset, is it? And get out of that place of boredom and monotony. Mm. But it happens. It does, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. because sometimes we have good run. When I say we, I mean you. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes I, I'll we do have. them for both of us, don't I'm worry. Say we don't, I've got your back. I, I have got done back. some running. This time last year I was running, but I wasn't a running guy. Um, but I think, I think you know, sometimes we have good runs, sometimes we have bad runs, and sometimes we have bloody awful runs and sometimes I think some people probably have great runs but ultimately you've always got the same tools you're the same person you're probably running a similar route um, it's not any of that it's just where you happen to be in your mind at the time and it's acceptance of it and all kinds of stuff and what other stuff's going on in your life and everything there's so many there's so many so many um, sort of uh, uh, variables and elements in there that it's yeah it can be what it's whatever you make it and how important is that that is hugely important and I say this a lot like do you ever speak to anybody that says that they're not busy like, um, seriously. No, anybody. God, no, no. Everyone's... Everybody's busy. Yeah, except for my busy. son who just sits around scratching his balls all day. That's about <laughs> it. He's, what are you doing, mate? Uh, I'm not really doing anything. That's about it. Well, apart from your son, yeah. everybody else in the world, it's the, we're all busy. Yeah. Nobody's got any time. Oh, I'm busy. How are you? Oh, I'm, bu- oh, I'm busy. It's just like a thing, isn't it? Mm, the busy it is, pandemic, yeah. and it has been like that for years. So the point is, everybody's got stuff to deal with. And factoring, and I'm not saying that that's not, the reality by the way but the point is you've only got so much capacity and I'm not talking physical capacity but psychological mental and it's where you devote your energy and attention and you can't you can easily spread yourself too thin and sometimes you do need to back off the gas a little bit so very relevant we speak mentioned Martina a lot this in the on this episode but she's now got the second part of her veterinary anesthesia exam to sit Right. So she's got the oral part of the exam now. So she passed the first part, which was amazing. Brilliant. Like, absolutely. But then sure enough, it's like, oh, celebration, let's pop the cork. Right. Oh, okay, right. Now I need to get my head back in the game because I've got the second part. And I said to Martina, look, look, don't... You've got that to focus on as well. And we said this even before the niggle that she picked up. And you can only focus on so much, you know, otherwise you just fall to pieces. I'm going to share with you actually something that I... I'm just going to find it here in the performance community group. So the performance community is my coaching service. It's my coaching baby. That's where we share all the messages in the um, in the group. And I mentioned in there at the weekend, if I can find it. So this was on Saturday morning. So I just sent a message in there um, saying, "Good morning, team. Hope you're all fired up for the weekend. Just a few things to you know, bits of bits of bits and pieces of news and updates." Um, And then the last thing I mentioned, I said, look, I know from the comments that many of you have left on the coaching platform we use, Training Peaks, that 
you know, there's lots of us that are having a bit of a stressful, busy time at the moment, be that work, family or life, right? So we're not just talking running here. Running's a thing that we choose, it's our hobby, but work, family or life. And I just said, look, let's remember to take care of ourselves and be careful how much pressure we pile on. Because the pressure where running's concerned does come from us, doesn't come from external. We think it's external because what what are people going to think? I'm going to think anything. The pressure comes from you, from the inside. Sometimes you just need to turn that pressure tap down a little bit when you've got other stuff going on. Whatever it is, whatever plates you're spinning, however big they are, you might just need to keep your eye on those plates and know which plates to spin and by how much and at the right time. You haven't got time and these mental capacity to be putting huge amounts of pressure on yourself where training is concerned. So just getting that balance right, isn't it? It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but that's why I dropped that message in the group, just to help remind people, you know, and I think I think it's so important. I, I think really it's do. wildly, wildly important. Um, and I wish my mind wasn't doing that thing where it's doing pictures and all I can see you, all I can see is you naked, on a, riding a horse, bareback, spinning a plate. That's all I can see, Jake. <laughs> Take it away. Can't do Look, it anymore. We're, we're out of here now. I hope you've enjoyed today's oh. madness of a podcast. <laughs> this is your weekly dose of running motivation. If you do not come back next week, I will completely understand. <laughs> and it's all your flipping fault, Pete. I might not come back next week. Oh. And one more thing. Sometimes the right path is not the easiest path.